Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight? It's WWL.com or the Radio.com app. Welcome on into the show. Is your bracket busted already? Did you have Farley Dickinson or did you have Prairie View A&M? If you had Prairie View A&M advancing far in this tournament, you're done. You're toast. If you took the, the longest shot of all long shots, the 16 seed, yeah, uh, it, look, it's time to get new brackets. Still have a couple of days for that. Yeah, the NCAA tournament, it has begun officially. The first four out in Dayton tonight. Farley Dickinson defeats Prairie View A&M 82-76. And right now, Texas up 14 to nothing on South Dakota State, the Longhorns in the NIT. Um, watching that on the big screen, fourteen nothing. I don't. I haven't seen a basketball game start fourteen nothing in quite a while. That's just the NIT, though. Sorry, Joe and Mandeville. Uh, <laughs> coming up later, it's uh, Belmont against Temple, two eleven seeds. The winner of that one. This is why LSU needs to pay attention to that game tonight. Do if, if you're sitting at home, you're listening to me. Turn down the sound on the TV. Keep me on and turn on Belmont and Temple because if LSU wins that opening game against Yale, there's a pretty good chance they'll face the winner of that Belmont-Temple game. Winner of that one gets Maryland. Uh, Before I start here, I want to ask Bobby and Tim this. Now, apparently there is a brewing, um, I call it staking. In my poker life, you would have guys that would give uh, money to professional poker players and say, like, I want a piece of your action here, whether that's a tournament. Let's say, for example, the tournament buy-in was 400 bucks. Guys would come to me and say, well, can I, can I pay $100 and pay part of your entry fee here? And I got 25% of your winnings. If, right. if, you, if you lose, you don't owe me anything. But if you win, I get 25%. We called it staking. It's, it's actually very big in the poker oh, world. Staking. Especially big in the, the poker, the big poker tournaments, $10,000, $25,000, $50,000 tournaments. And there's now million-dollar tournaments. A lot of those that you see the guys on TV, they're not actually putting up their own money in a lot of times. They're getting staked from multiple places. So I understand that Bobby Abair and Tim Zimmer have a NASCAR staking agreement in the works here. Is that right? Yes, uh, I am going to uh, donate to the cause because I trust Tim Zimmer. Uh, um, I don't know. We got to stick some kind of nickname for him. For Tim? Uh, they had the, the Ziminator or... Uh, I don't like Ziminator. Okay, you have to just... I heard your nickname from Mark. I, I, I'm i going to do him a favor and not repeat it, but uh, I, everybody was listening to Sports Talk. Well, go okay. go download the podcast, because that was pretty epic, Bobby. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Whatever Tim likes, I will promote that, but I'll, I'll give him to the cause, because I'm, I look at it like, because I trust Tim, I'm going to give him 100 bucks and see what he does at 100 bucks And any profits... We'll donate it to charity. Uh, listen, um, no no white flags. Come on, who, who's there against that? Yeah. Steve Gleason. Yeah. And then, uh, but the second year, if he keeps winning, the, the, then I might want a return, <laughs> a return on investment. Yeah, yeah you got to so, get that. You got to get a return on your investment. So, so yeah, I'm trying to get that, uh, you know, just that track record uh, with Tim because uh, the, the one thing, everybody has a wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, none of us, on the WWL sports team would challenge Tim on NASCAR expertise. No. 
Now, now, now I, you'd be a fool if you did. Yeah. Now, now we might say, well, uh, Tim's BS and what does he really know? But then all I know, if you accomplish things and you have a tra- – well, Seth, you just pointed 19 to 0. <laughs> yeah, Texas. Has that ever happened? I, I haven't seen that before. Well, no, well, well, I have not. Well, not, in, not in college basketball. Anyways. No, because South Dakota, uh, what's, uh, they have a lid on the basket or something. Hey, hey oh, there's the first bucket, <laughs> 19 to 2. But sorry to derail you, Bobby. Uh, yeah, uh, but, but uh, when I look at, like, whatever's your wheelhouse, uh, if you can have skins on the wall, uh, I, I acknowledge that uh, because – Seth, I was never a NASCAR fan. I told you my NASCAR story before. I went to Talladega. And I even, um, and I went to Talladega and had the VIP treatment. You cannot. That had to be a hell of an experience. Yes. You cannot truly embrace unless you're there. Now, if you watch it on TV, NASCAR, no, they're going around, whatever. You might want to take a nap like you're watching the golf channel or, or some golf tournament. Uh, but it's, I like sitting with uh, hockey. I go to Atlanta Thrashers game in Atlanta. Now, if you go to a hockey game and you're behind a goal, you can see the check-in. Mm-hmm. Whoa, it's different than watching it on TV. So I think NASCAR, if you're in the moment, uh, it was unbelievable. I don't know if I ever told you this story. But so uh, Coach Glanville with the Falcons involved in NASCAR. Jerry Glanville. And then uh, Fred Palmer was with uh, Texaco in that working with Shell. So we got the VIP treatment. I'm going and hang out like uh, on pit row, and I'm hanging out with all the racers. Uh, Dale Jarrett at the time was uh, driving for UPS. That would have been was that early '90s? Yes, early '90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so all of a sudden the race is getting ready to start, and we going. You know, everybody got a motorhome, and you go in the motorhome, and the race is getting ready to start, and we all holding hands, praying, like, whoa! It's like we in the locker room. Before the race, and I went Dale Jarrett. So I thought that was it. That's interesting. Experience. Yeah, it is. So then, no, wait, wait, was, were these different race, was, different drivers? Cal- yes, or they're everybody but, from the same teams, the same group. No, it just so happened it's time to get ready to start the race. And oh, you want to come in there and pray with us? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you got to pray. Uh, you don't crash uh, in those uh, things, right? Yeah. So you go in there, and they got the family, the wives, and all. So I thought that was unique. So uh, and then. Um, I never forget uh, ESPN was doing NASCAR at that time. We in, and ESPN like in the pit crew, that uh, Ernie Irvin, Swerving Irvin was driving for Texaco. There's a great nickname, and, and, Swerving and, and, Irvin. And, 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 yeah, and then you had uh, uh, um, God, uh, who, who who got killed? Earnhardt, uh, Dale Earnhardt, yeah, uh-huh. not Junior, the yeah, dad, senior, was on the other side. So we witnessed in uh, Petty was driving then too, and we witnessed in the pit pit crews. And how fast would everybody got to do their job? And so uh, I was there for a few moments. Then you go up and hang out at a suite. It was in Texaco suite. And then that's know, awesome. You, then you hop now, and then you get on the front row, like, vroom, vroom, and they all come and buy. They you. give you earplugs like they do for, for you yes, know, yes, uh, monster yes, truck stuff. Yes, I had the whole earplugs, did the whole thing. Now I said, now I said, this is an experience because I was there live. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm like a casual NASCAR fan. Because of that, I was like, whoa. It's a whole lot different uh, live than watching it on TV. I've and never, you, had, you had Talladega. No, I've on. never been. It's on my bucket list to go live, watch NASCAR live. Hockey, 
is one of my favorite live sports experiences. Yes. Steve Court would love to hear this, but it's just exceptional because you're, you're on top of the action. I mean, you're, you're, you're up close and personally and you yeah, behind the glass. You can't appreciate it on TV. No. And I also yeah. think I think baseball is better in person, too, because you're in the yes. sun. You know, you got the popcorn, the music, the organ, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just the pageantry. That. There's, some, there's a lot of sports that are better in person, in my mind. Football is made for TV. Uh, yes. When you look at when it started out and uh, Johnny Unitas in the 60s, or Colts, Giants. It's just no. a little impersonal, especially there's the, the stadiums now are so big. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, the common man, not right, right, you, right. Bobby, you can probably afford the big seats. I, you know, people like me, the common man, we can't. So, you know, we're, we're up in the, the, you know, the terrace section. Up well, in the, well, the thing the is, uh, listen, the proximity, even if you look at the NBA, now there's a question of the fans too close. To get close to the But action. that's what they sell. Yes. That's why the, those tickets, courtside <laughs> tickets, are what? You know, $2,000 a pop. Yeah, for a game. Yeah. Uh, no, no, this for a game. Do you know what they're doing for the NBA, which is is sensational, which is going to revolutionize the way that I think sports is consumed in the next five years? Have you heard about what VR is doing? They have virtual reality seats, and they put cameras. Usually it's right near midcourt. And they have like PSVR or NBA TV or whoever's doing it, and you can log in. Yes, you got to pay a subscription fee, and it's not cheap, but you can put on your VR headset, and look it's like left, you're right. Sitting on the court. Now it's still in its infant stages. I'm okay. not saying it's perfect right now, but it still is. It is super, super cool. I had a chance to to view it once. Didn't watch a full game, but it was like a little, you know, a little demonstration kind of thing. It was incredible. You want to talk about how we're going to consume our sports anymore? Forget about paying. And look, I know the. the Close your ears, Saints and Pelicans uh, ownership and uh, management. I'm just telling you the truth here. How this is going to be sold now is you're going to have these, you know, digital seats where you can pay. I don't know, 25 bucks a game, put on your VR headset, and then you got courtside seats to watch, you know, the, the Lakers and you know the the, the Pelicans there. Well, the, the one thing I think uh, the whole experience uh, that even when you watch your football on television, you want to feel like you're in the atmosphere or close to the atmosphere with a full house. Can you imagine? The stadium is packed. Yeah, and, and it's loud so to entice fans to want to be in that number in a stadium i think somehow if you can help them interact of what's actually going on in a huddle uh, with a prospective team i mean don't you think that's the future so, yes so i believe and i want to i forget what ballpark did this and i think it's what it was either baseball or, or nba they're putting kiosks in the seats now for sports betting where you can bet live uh, during the game, like wh who's going to make the next shots or uh, who's going to hit the first home run tonight? And you have these little, you know, little credit card right. swiper or whatever thing. I don't know if it's that or you have credits that you have so to load beforehand. So you feel beforehand. like you're a part of the game. Yeah. So we got to get inventive. Did they have these at racetracks, Tim? I know at the racetrack you can go up to the machine and just bet right there. Mm -hmm. they, they, well, I guess it's mostly stands, so they wouldn't have them like in the seats. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is where our sports world is going. But can you imagine eventually? And I think eventually, and I'm, I'm talking probably 10 to 15 years down the road, NFL quarterbacks are going to have these cameras implanted in your helmet so you can put on that VR headset so and you, you can, can see, be Drew Brees so and see what he sees. You can see what they see. Isn't that incredible? And no, but that to me would be unbelievable and you could sell. And you know what else? Uh, this would have to be, um, I don't know, it would be rated R. I mean, the language. No audio. Turn off the audio. But, but if you had a channel, I think, you know, like the Red Zone channel, if you had a channel and that everyone's mic'd up, 
to hear the verbiage and what really comes about with the players. Well, that's and well, I'll talk it smack to one. That's another. why mic'd up is so huge uh, on the NFL Network and NFL Films does it. That's what I. That's probably my favorite weekly or was a weekly or bi-weekly. They do it now where they mic up one team, a couple guys, and I think they do multiple teams now. I love that. But yeah, but it, it's still not. Um, I mean, like. It's edited. Yeah, yeah, it's edited. I'm talking about some unedited. You're talking about raw. I'm talking about raw, unedited, <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. No, no, people would pay for that. You know what would happen <laughs> is, is if the if – the, oh, let me ask you. Do you think that the athletes would watch what they say if they knew that that was happening? That if it was unedited? If, if they knew that everything that they said and did, you had cameras and, and mics right there, whether they're you know, embedded in a helmet eventually or wherever it is, do you think that they would watch what they say? No, it depends on your personality. If if it was like, oh, it was unedited. Uh, if, if your kids heard that, then you got to keep them from hearing it. No, the, yeah, the, this the, is what this is the channel. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, we yeah, got a big yeah, warning yeah. here before the game. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, they would not. They would not hold back because I'm telling you, the heat of the moment. Uh, it could be kind of the Russell Westbrook uh, syndrome in the NBA. With the NFL oh, What players. a fiasco that was. <laughs> Holy smoke. Speaking of the NBA, uh, you heard about right, Alfred Payton? Yeah, what about what, uh, Alfred? Alfred Payton joined a very select group. Joined Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Michael Jordan is only the fifth player in NBA history to do something. And we're going to go to break, and I'm going to tell oh, everybody wow. what it was yesterday. It's no, incredible. With that. We'll talk about Alfred Payton. Yes, a little Pelicans talk. Good Pelicans talk coming up next. Thanks for hanging out, Bobby. Appreciate all it. All right. All right, Seth. That was fun. Thanks to Bobby Aver again for hanging out with us during that opening segment. I told you leading into this segment, when are we opening Pelicans here on this show? Never since the Anthony Davis nonsense has wound down, but we had to today. That's because Alfred Payton, the Pelicans point guard, who's from New Orleans, returned here, signed with the team, one-year deal this year, did something that only four other players in NBA history had done. Do you know what that is? Have you heard about this? If not, you need to know. This is something that a New Orleans or Louisiana sports fan must know. Alfred Payton last night joined Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, and Russell Westbrook. Those are four big names, right? If you're doing something those four guys did, it's huge. Five straight triple doubles. Only been done four times previously in NBA history. He did it last night with 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. I got to tell you, that's special. Alfred Payton's becoming a little special at the point guard position. Here's Alfred Payton. Is this a highlight, Tim? Highlight in overtime. Alfred Payton getting over the hump. That's courtesy of the Pelicans Radio Network and Westwood One and Alfred Payton. Five straight triple doubles. You missing Rajon Rondo now? I mean, I'm serious here. I know the, the season went haywire, but that's not Alfred's problem. That wasn't because you had the huge issues at the point guard spot, although he was injured earlier in the season. We all know this is about Anthony Davis and all that transpired there. They were still in the playoff hunt when that happened. Alfred's on this one-year deal. He's from New Orleans. He's getting himself a major pay raise with how he's playing here in these, you know, tank games for the Pelicans. He just is. 
I hope that they take a long look at Alfred Payton as their long-term answer at point guard. Because he's acquitting himself really well, superbly right now. Let me just give you a hypothetical here, Pelicans fans. You got Alfred Payton at the one. You got Drew at the two. You got Julius Randle, if they can bring him back long-term, at the four. And then maybe you got Jason Tatum at the three. Get that trade with Boston. You got Tatum. Maybe a little Marcus Smart, a couple of other players and draft picks. You can find a five in there somewhere, increase your depth. Or is it Jalil Okafor? He hasn't played terribly. I'm not saying this is a championship caliber roster, even with Tatum and those draft picks, but it's one that can at least be competitive. Just can. Forget about a long-term rebuild. If they can lock up Alfred, if they can somehow keep Julius Randle around long-term, Drew Holiday is now firmly in the prime of his career, and he's a top 15 NBA player, period. Anthony Davis, you're leaving a top 15 player in the league because you don't want to build around him. Shame on you. That's what I think there. It's a bad basketball decision, bad business decision by Anthony Davis, but he made it. Might not be the you know the doom and gloom to lose use that term again long term. Here's a text from the nine eight five. The Randall and Peyton additions worked great except for when they were injured. Hope we keep them both. That's it. Nelford Peyton had that broken finger early in the season, and just gotta wonder if that didn't happen, would this season have just gone differently? If the Pelicans were above five hundred entering the new year, if they had Alfred, would Anthony Davis had made that trade trade request? Would all this nonsense happened? The last three months? I don't know. Here's a text from the 228. Hey, Seth, I'm a big NASCAR fan. You should definitely go to a race. There's nothing like being at the track. Tim, have you been to a NASCAR race? Now, I know there's no NASCAR here locally, so it's got to be pretty tough for you. I haven't yet, but I plan on doing so very shortly. Do you have a specific track and race you're looking to go to? I want to go to Bristol. I think Bristol would be fun. But um, Richmond, I heard that's always a good race. It gets a little rowdy in Richmond. And uh, Talladega, Alabama, that's always a fun race because there's mostly partying that happens in Talladega. I was going to say, is it more about the track or the race? Well, at Talladega, I think it's about both. I think everyone parties and also enjoys their time there during the race. And then I think Bristol, it's just you're so close to the track that I think it's exciting just to be there. And Martinsville, that's this weekend, is also a really good racetrack. They have really good hot dogs as well. Really good hot dogs. Okay. Well, I, I am finally this week, because i got uh, family and friends coming into town uh, all the next couple of weeks, I'm finally going to break my uh, no-meat pledge for 2019. It's been three and a half months of that. So yeah, I'm going to take a little break. Plus, it's crawfish season. Crawfish season. Gotta, I'm going to do a little boil sometime this week. Tim Zimmer, Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues next. We have Doug Mouton coming up. Yes, it's tournament time. The NCAA tournament officially underway. First four games in Dayton tonight. Farley Dickinson, your first winner. Prairie View eliminated 82-76 earlier tonight. Temple and Belmont playing. Belmont the favorite there by a couple points, but Temple leading 22-17. Tim may have a little friendly wager on that game, so he's rooting for Temple tonight. Text from the 513, Seth, go to Bristol if NASCAR. So agreeing with Tim there, the texter. Let's talk a little Saints. And, of course, we're talking Alfred Payton's historic run here, five straight triple doubles. Doug Mouton, sports director 
an anchor for WWL TV Channel 4. Joining us now at D Mouton WWL, uh, Doug, Alfred Payton, my goodness, man, is this kid becoming a, a force or what? I know it's tank throwaway games here. Maybe we got to pay attention. Something only four other guys have done in the history of the sport. Yeah, look, and he has been so much fun to watch. Um, he, he Look, if you remember, when the Pelicans signed him, the idea was still to get Rajon Rondo back, and Peyton was going to be your number two. I can imagine having the two of them. I mean, look, the plan was great until Rondo decided to go to the Lakers. That's when it all started unraveling. Um, but, yeah, Peyton's been terrific. He, he is certainly a building block going forward. I think Julius Randle has been fun to watch. He is a block going forward. Um, I, I look at this team, Seth, and I just wish they had held on to a, a couple more of their draft picks along the way, and they had a few more pieces that they could start to build on. But but this team is not going to be starting from scratch uh, with what they get for Anthony Davis because they're going to start with Randall and, and, and Peyton, and Peyton's been terrific, and, and they're going to have a few pieces to work with, hopefully get a bunch from, from Anthony Davis, and, and they could be pretty good again by next year i don't think this necessarily has to be a really long rebuilding process i'm, I'm with you yeah, that's what i talked about you, you put elford at the one you drew at the two you got randall at the four you get a guy like tatum at the three then you're just missing right. a five and i mean i'm not saying that's a championship team but that's that's going to no. be more than competitive in the west right and better than you are right now yes exactly yes look and what i go back to is a couple of years ago when you had Buddy Heald or Jamal Murray, and you had to pick between the two of them in the draft, and they went with Buddy Heald. I actually thought that was the wrong decision. Turns out they're both terrific players. And if you had just not been perpetually going for the win now, and you still had one of those two pieces, you you really wouldn't be that far away from getting something going. But yeah, it, 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 it's not a bad start. Obviously, Holiday's the number one guy. But yeah, Peyton and Randall have both been, to me, pleasant surprises. They've both been better than I thought they would be. Uh, speaking of winning now, that's what the Saints are trying to do, is they're in this championship window. At least you hope they're still in this championship window. What do you make of this free agency season period so far because not only do you lose Mark Ingram and Alex Okafor but he also had Max Unger's bombshell retirement last week and then they try to I guess I don't know really what they did with that Nick Easton signing it doesn't make a lot of sense to me it sounds like maybe uh, it looks like anyways maybe they're in uh, panicking a little bit I understand why they panic Doug because that's I don't know how you replace the guy yeah look and and Unger more than anything was the was the locker room influence and and that part does worry you. Uh, Okafor had a good year, not a great year, but he had a good year. Um, but he Okafor is one of the great veteran influences in that locker room, um, and you, you're losing a few of those guys now. Um, Jermon Bushrod is still an unrestricted free agent. The Saints have not brought him back. Ben Watson gone. Um, I, I do worry a little bit about the leadership void and to me the, what's interesting about the free agency is sort of how Sean Payton views his team and it's not necessarily what I thought going into free agency clearly he thought he needed to get better along the defensive line clearly that's been a, a, the, the biggest point of emphasis and obviously Sheldon Rankin's injury plays a big role in that but the, but the emphasis on the defensive line surprised me a little bit. I thought there'd be more of an emphasis of trying to get Drew Brees another weapon. Um, that has not been. They've let pretty much every receiver go, which means they must think Cam Meredith or Traquan Smith can be that third guy. Neither guy really became that this past season. So that 
clearly shows that Sean Payton has confidence in one or both of those guys because he is not, and, and they haven't brought in a tight end yet. They, obviously, they still could. Um, the Jared Cook is still hanging out there. Um, but, yeah, the, I, that surprised me a little bit. I thought there'd be more of an emphasis of going after offensive weapons, and there has the emphasis has been on the defensive line. It's Doug Mouton here with us on the Last Lap, sports anchor and sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4. It's interesting you mentioned the defensive line. I want to get there in just a second. But going back to Unger, and you've had the Saints and Unger both say, or maybe it was just Unger, he said that he did notify the team of this before free agency, although it's a little vague on whether he said he was firmly retiring or just thinking about it before he made that deal. I just got to wonder, Doug, if they had truly known about this, why weren't they taking a look at a guy like Matt Paradise, who's getting only $3 million more a season and is one of the you know top five, top ten centers in the game? He was a free agent now. He's over at Carolina. Is that, is that something where if you put all you know the signs together to me is that, well, maybe the Saints didn't really know about Unger because you had Paradise staring him square in the face for only, what, $3 million more a year than you're paying Nick Easton a career backup. Yeah, maybe. Although I gotta say, as soon as I heard about the Max Unger thing, um, I was texting with Nick Underhill, and the first thing I texted him was, "There's no way the Saints were surprised by this." And Nick texted me back, "I don't think so either." Just because that is not who Unger is. I couldn't. I, I can't believe that he would drop it. And he said in his. Uh, conference call that he told the Saints about a month ago. Now, you might be right. Maybe he didn't quite say I'm definitely retiring, but he certainly gave them a heads up that this was possible. And look, all the analytic uh, websites, all the grades on Unger show his grade much better his first two years than the last two years, although I would say Max Unger's performance and and his value to this team is, is only it's largely obviously tied to his performance on the field, but it's all the other things that he brings. Yeah, let me ask because you... of all those other things he brings, I can't believe that he didn't warn them that this was probably coming. Yeah, and I I'm just ca- can't believe that he would do that. No, I'm kind of with you there. I, look, I've followed Max Unger's career, really, actually, since college, since he was up at Oregon. So you know, one of the really good guys in the NFL. Right. So if he right. did, and if all of that is true, then did the Saints make a major misstep here? in letting a guy like Paradise get through and having this huge hole because you talk about the analytics sites, and I don't think there's anybody that rates offensive line pay better than pro football focus, PFF. They have Paradise as an elite center, 79 last year. Easton clocked in at 41. That's below average. Cameron Tom, I think, was 43. That's well below average. So did they make a misstep here? Well, I guess time will tell on that one. Um, They're – and look, they've made some missteps in free agency over the last 10 years. There's no question about it. They've also made a lot of moves that maybe I didn't quite get when I first saw they turned out to be good. I, I will take a wait-and-see approach on an offensive line. I do know they were high on Cameron Tom, so maybe that's why they didn't want to uh, over-invest in, in, from a financial standpoint. And clearly they thought the point of emphasis was on the defensive line, and they've saved pretty much all their money uh, to be spent there. Um, time will tell. I, I, I'm not willing to say it's a mistake. I'm not saying I love the move. Um, Max Unger retiring, I, I don't know how you get past that. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, no matter what happens to right. me, you're going to lose in that equation. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm, I'm not on board on that one yet. Well, you're, you're the, the much more uh, level-headed guy than I am. So you're, you're, the, you're the much – yeah, this is how you're well, supposed you're to think. radio host. <laughs> no, you're no. The, you're paid to, to be bombastic. Yeah, no, this 
it's true. Okay, defensive line play. So you said they let Alex Okafor go, and he had just too much money that he fetched on the open market. They couldn't match sure. that. So uh, is Marcus Davenport, is he ready to take that role, be an every-down guy for this team? I don't know. I, look, he shows flashes. And when what he shows – look, anybody who watches the Saints play this year, we'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, I mean, he affects games. He makes plays. But um, he also misses plays, too. He's a guy who is clearly still a ways away. And if you didn't think that, I think the Saints, how they've attacked free agency, will tell you that Sean Payton is not on board with him being that guy yet. Look, the best defensive lines in the NFL, best defensive lines in college football are the ones that can rotate enough guys. I mean, you need guys. Um, You need multiple guys coming in and out to – keep them all fresh unless you're cam jordan and you can play every play but um they needed guys clearly and but that is my one big takeaway from free agency i am surprised at the obvious emphasis on the defensive line sean payton said many times how hard it is to find quality defensive linemen in the draft they took a shot on davenport last year but you see if they thought they were going to upgrade the defensive line it wasn't going to happen with a little bit of draft picks they had it was going to have to come here um, so, so that's where they went, and we'll see how it plays out. Now, look, I still think the Saints are absolutely 100% um, the favorite from the NFC to get to the Super Bowl next year. I mean, they should have gotten there this year, and I see absolutely no reason that can't happen again. I think across the board, all the guys they have that are under 27 should all be a little bit better this year than they were last year. And that's a significant chunk of this team. I mean, I, I love this team going forward. Um, I, I thought they'd go after another offensive weapon, but that, that's, that, that's the head scratcher for me. But, again, maybe they think Cam Meredith's the guy. Doug Mouchon, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4 here with us. You're going to be uh, your basketball, college basketball junkie, man. You're going to be paying attention the next uh, three I weeks to all the madness. I those days off the first few days of the tournament, <laughs> especially the years that I did news, and those are the best days to just stay home and watch basketball for 10 hours. I will actually go to work early on Thursdays just so I can be there in place, in time, to see the LSU game. Um, I'm really intrigued at what LSU could do. And actually, for me, this is goofy, I know. But my dad actually had an undergraduate degree from LSU and a graduate degree from Yale. Um, so this oh. is, to me, this is the Jerry Mouton Bowl in the first <laughs> round of the NCAA tournament. Um, so anyway, so I, I wish my dad could have seen that because he would have got a kick out of seeing LSU and Yale in the NCAA tournament. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to go to work early because I want to see it. And, I, and yeah, I'll have basketball yeah, for yeah. all day. But Thursday, 11.40 a.m. I will be in place as well. Doug, it's always fun to chat with you, man. Let's do it again soon. Thanks so much. Anytime. All right, Seth. All right, Doug Mouton at DMouton, WWL on Twitter. Give him a follow there. And, of course, sports director for WWL TV Channel 4. The rest of our lineup today is fantastic. We have Ralph Michaels out in Vegas, our handicapper at wagersoc.com at 9.20. Jacob Wass coming in studio for Tulane Tuesdays at 9.30. Tristan Blewett, star for NOLA Gold, and maybe, maybe the MVP frontrunner in ML Rugby, Major League Rugby. That's 9.45. He'll join us. Carter Bryant at 10.10. Patrick Stevens, The Washington Post, Bracket Talk at 1030. That's our show tonight. We're back after this on WWL.
Text from the 504. Seth, your conversations with Doug Mouton are great. I agree. Max Unger wouldn't retire without telling the Saints first. Yeah, that's what he said. I don't think Max is lying there. No doubt about it. I just wonder if the Saints, you know, it was it a firm, I'm going to retire. Hey, guys, it looks like I'm going to retire. And maybe they thought he'd come back. I don't know. It's just their, their moves in free agency prior to the announcement. Not saying it's true. I'm just telling you what it looks like from the outside looking in. That they didn't either. They believe that Cameron Tom is the guy, which frankly I don't believe. Or they were caught at least a little off guard that he made it, you know, final and firm with that announcement because you just we let some guys get away in free agency that I thought could help the team. But they're dealing with salary cap issues. They had more issues than just at the center spot, and. They decided to invest, like Doug said, on the defensive line. But thanks for the comment there. And yeah, I always love chatting with Doug. It's uh, you know we both he's we both work at night, so it's tough to get him on sometimes. I wish we could have him on, you know, almost every night here. How's your bracket looking so far, Tim? Did you have uh, Farley Dickinson or did you have Prairie View A and M? I'm gonna wait this year for the play-ins. I'm not gonna actually pick the play-in games because. I actually like an 11 seed. Usually those 11 seeds are they can they, sure. they can advance, <laughs> and I don't want my 11 seed losing either tonight or tomorrow. And the 11 seeds can it. The 11 seeds have been advancing. They're they're over 50. percent They're that's, over 500 in these exactly games last ten years. Pick, I didn't pick the playing games yet. That's I, I want to make man. sure my my 11 seed gets in before I pick them. Yeah, smart man. If you're wondering when LSU plays, 11:40 local time here, just after it in the morning on Thursday against Yale. We'll have it for you pregame. At 11 o'clock, just after it here on WWL Radio, where you're home for LSU sports. If they win, they'll play again on Saturday. And really, it's LSU sports all weekend long because they have that series starting on uh, Friday. Also, LSU baseball tomorrow night in the time slot here. So we will be stepping aside for that. A little update here on the NCAA tournament's second play-in game going on, Belmont and Temple. It's the two eleven seeds going at it, like Tim referenced. Belmont, three-point favorites, and they're leading by three, 30-27 against Temple, 351 to go in the, the first half. I'm not going to update you on that NIT score anymore because it's not 19 nothing. That's the only reason I was giving you those updates. Huge uh, article today in the Wall Street Journal saying why you should pick Virginia. Like, screaming at me in my face because I have been the guy every other year. Virginia's a one seed. This is how much I like Tony Bennett. I've told you. I've, I've been on Virginia's bandwagon. I had him winning it last year. I think I had him at least getting to the championship game a couple years prior to that when they were a one seed. And boy, have they burned me. And I am not, no, no Washington uh, Wall Street Journal, Ben Cohn and Andrew Beaton. You are fine journalists. You're fine sports writers. You must be because you're working for that publication. But I'm not getting on board. I'm not picking Virginia. Not going to happen. Tim, you know what's going to happen. Virginia's going to win a game or two. And then they're just going to fall apart. And then everybody's going to go, same old Virginia, just like they did. Look, the Gonzaga for years was the same way. They would never overperform their seed. They wouldn't really underperform their seed, but they never make the Final Four. They've only done it once. Like Patrick Stevens said yesterday, once if you keep knocking on that door, eventually it's going to open, and that's why I'm taking them this year. Well, that's just being obnoxious. If you keep knocking on my door at home, yeah, I'm going to open it eventually, and I'm going to tell you to get off my doorstep. That doesn't mean it's a good thing to do. Maybe just knock once and then go on through because I like who you are. And I used to be that, Virginia. I used to see you on my front doorstep. You knocked once, and I'd say, come on in. You can come all the way through. Go dancing in the back. We'll play a little One Shining moment. We'll have a, a moment together. But no, not anymore. I want you off my doorstep. I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm over you, Tony Bennett. I'm over you, Virginia. Although I secretly I'm still kind of how can you not root for Virginia here? This little team in the ACC that could. Like that that school's not little, but compared to the powerhouse programs in the ACC for basketball, whether it's North Carolina or or Duke, um whoever it is, uh, you know, Syracuse now is in that conference that, you know, Virginia doesn't have that cachet, that long-term cachet in history. I'm really hoping Central Florida wins their first round game and plays Duke so we can have Zion Williamson versus 7-6 Taco Falls. Taco Fall, baby. He's 7-6. Uh, if that yeah. matchup happens, that might that might blow up the internet. Well, Taco Fall would get ramrodded out of there. Hey, Taco Fall is not a he's, – he's very – was it svelte? Is that the word when you're skinny? Right? He's not a very large dude, as nobody would be if you're – seven foot six and 21 years old he's 20 usually years the old. last guy running down the court which is not a good thing but duke's not a really a up-tempo team so no and in fact i believe they're almost not last but they're in like the, the bottom 30 bottom 40 in three-point field goal shooting percentage three-point percentage in the country that if that's how duke's gonna lose they're gonna have eliminate the inside game take make them shoot the three-pointer and if duke can do that for six games straight well maybe five because obviously they're not gonna lose the first one um, so, you, you, so you're a UCF fan. You want UCF to get Taco Fall into that second round game against Duke. I was going to pick VCU, but Taco Fall has convinced me to take v, uh, UCF now. Okay. Well, there you go. You're officially on board at UCF. Look, big time players, they play well in big time moments and win big time games. That's why I'm on this John ja Morant bandwagon. They're going to upset. I'm going to have it in my bracket. I'm going to have them upsetting Marquette, that 5-12 game in the West region. We're going to take a break. More of your calls and texts coming back. 504-260-1870. Talk about anything. Open lines. Tournament. Saints. LSU. Heck, nicknames from earlier tonight. 504-260-1870. Text line 870-870. It's the last lap on WWL. Now, a few guys could riff it like Carlos Santana. Love this song. Um... I was on Scott Alexander's show, Primetime Sports uh, TV, earlier today. Uh, he was on yesterday. I'm going to have one of his players, the CEO of uh, Nola Gold Rugby, superstar Tristan Blewett's going to be on with us at 945. you got to pay attention to this. He's a rising star in world rugby, 22 years old. He is sensational. Might be the MVP this year of Major League Rugby. But I was on Scott's show. Uh, check it out this week if you can. You can see me. They have the replays on uh, CST and WLAE TV throughout the week. John Brady, Coach Brady's there for LSU, talking LSU basketball and NCAA tournament. You've got Nola Gold players, Cam Dolan from the USA, Kane Thompson from New Zealand. Of course, yeah, me. Uh, me too. Uh, Rudy Macklin, uh, by the way, sat down with John Brady when he was there too. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, you can see me, Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST. We're going to take a break. We're going live on Facebook right now. I want to talk a little Alfred Payton. If you missed it earlier, well, come join us on Facebook, WWR Radio Facebook page, because Alfred Payton has joined Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, and Russell Westbrook as the only NBA players to do this. Next hour, we'll have Ralph Michaels, Jacob Wass for Tulane Tuesdays, and Tristan Blewett of Nola Gold. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.